In today's episode, we introduce surf team members. We talk about how trashy artwork prompted the origin of the motherboard's skateboard lineup, and how as surfers we can immerse ourselves in God's painting. Hello and welcome all to the Motherboards Surfcast, where we talk anything surf and Catholic faith, um, because we love Jesus and we love to surf, and it's going to continue to be that way for the rest of our lives. Um, so I'm Matt Hamrick, surf product development for Motherboards, and today we have with us team riders, Father Dan Malaco. Catholic priest for the Diocese of Richmond, Gabri Fada, um, Michigan transplant who she can't be coaching the Michigan Wolverines, then she's going to be at the coast. So um, go blue, big, you know, big win and big game coming up last. last I'm going to have to say no to that because I'm an Ohio State fan. So I didn't know this about you. And now I feel like I want to immediately leave. Ah, we're gonna have to talk about this later because right, Ryan yeah. Day is a Catholic. You can't support him, and also, yeah. all right, no. Yeah, we'll and we'll then have a we'll get we we'll get there, and then the man wait, wait, who aren't the Harbaugh's Catholic? Yes, and yeah. fun little fact: Jim Harbaugh is so Catholic. He texts, uh, <laughs> he texts a friend of the family who's a priest and asks him, "What words do I preach to the boys at halftime this Saturday?" And so he gets a Catholic priest feeding him some verses for the upcoming games. So get this. I know you don't love college football, but when the NCAA told him he couldn't do satellite camps out of state, he said, I won't do them in Florida anymore. I'm taking my football players to Rome. That's how Catholic he is. And he did. He took the trip on or he took the guys on a trip to Rome and they did the whole thing, the whole Vatican thing. So props to uh, Michigan. That's cool. I still hate Michigan as a team, but that's a cool story. <laughs> anyway, um, and then the fourth here, the man who surfs more than anybody I know, uh, my brother, Ben Hamrick. I don't know how he manages to do it. He's got four little, little boys at home, and he still has time to do pretty much everything in life. I think he just sleeps way less than the rest of us. So I have a solid wife. And not a lot of sleep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So for for the listeners who don't know the origins of Motherboards and why we're here, Motherboards was founded by a Catholic wife and mom uh, who at the time had some teenage sons who were skaters. And those teenage sons and their friends were in her house one day with their skateboards and she looked at the skateboards and the artwork on those boards was less than desirable. It was trash. It was culture of death. It was skulls and death and drugs and naked girls. And at that moment, Lisa Fixler said, that stuff is not staying in my house. And in that moment, she said, I am going to start a Catholic skateboard company um she was already in the catholic retail space so it wasn't uh too difficult to to kind of make that jump but um from the beginning she always had this vision to make it a catholic board sports company skateboards snowboards and surfboards and to 
use inspiring and uplifting art to put on those boards, um, not just to start a conversation, but to, um, you know, inspire a better way and, and shine a light. So that's why we're here. This, these are the surf team members and we're here to talk about our lifestyle around the ocean and surf and our Catholic faith. And again, trying to shine a light in places that, um, maybe are a little dark or people that need some hope. Um, and I think just connect people to what they're all already naturally drawn to and the creator and what he does through all of these sports, but particularly the ocean. So, um, but I'll let you introduce a little more about yourself, father, Dan, I'm going to let you go first. And then how you got connected or what, how you found motherboards, how you got connected to motherboards. Um, you've been here kind of an ambassador since the beginning of the surf arm. So go ahead. You're, you're muted. muted. <laughs> hey, that's an important, thank you. Uh, <laughs> just let him go. <laughs> yeah. Just let me talk for, for an hour on you. That'd be better. Uh, but what I was going to say is, unless I'm mistaken, I believe Matt and I were talking at a retreat that we were both helping out at for high school kids. And you were either just getting, no, you were about to go to the uh, NCYC and you had just gotten the first, was it Stella Maria board? Correct. And I looked at you and I said, you have to bring it by my school. We have mass coming yeah. up the day you leave. Let me bless it. And uh, I preached about it. I made the whole homily for the school that day, yeah. preaching off that surfboard and all the religious images that were there, tied it in with the readings. And uh, and then you were the one that told me the first water that touched that board was the holy water I used to bless it. So Correct. from there, it's kind of, you, you said, hey, do you want to be involved in this? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. The first, the first board that motherboards ever built, surfboards, the first water it ever touched was holy water. And Father Dan was holding this thing up as he preached to all these kids. And he was preaching it, y'all. He was preaching it. He, he almost made me late for my flight because <laughs> right from there, I had to hop on a plane and get to NCYC. And it was, uh, it was a struggle to get there, but... Um, it was a, it was beautiful. The kids, the kids loved it. They were, yeah. Yeah. That's a solid start for the business. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa was so. pretty stoked that Holy Water touched that board before anything else. So Father Dan's kind of been a, an ambassador from the beginning. Actually, he even collaborated uh, with a West Coast priest and we designed the nine foot four longboard that yeah, we're currently selling. That. Remember that? Yeah, it was awesome. Father Tim. I was in way over my head. <laughs> is that the um, Immaculate Heart? Which, is that the one that's in my kitchen? That shape is in your kitchen, yeah. The, um, you know, so the artwork was created elsewhere, but the actual, like, how we were going to create what that board was intended to do, like how we wanted the nose to be and, and rails, the whole thing with the, what the tail was going to be like. Um, Father Dan and then Father Tim on the West coast. He's a, he's a chaplain in this uh, Catholic school in LA former like junior pro. He was, 
he was a pretty baller surfer in his day. Um, we all kind of talked about it and came up with that shape with the board builder. So, Gabri. Well, it's funny. I didn't realize that how Father Dan got involved is the same way I got involved, except it was a year later. I think it must have been the same retreat, right? Um, I was my fun fact for the kid for being introduced to the teens was that I had something about competing in a surf comp and Father Dan pulled me aside after he's like, you got to talk to Matt. You got to talk to Matt Hamrick. I'm telling you, you're going to be, you're, we're, we're going to get motherboards out there in the lineup. And I was like, that sounds sick. And I think Father Dan and I geeked out about surfing. I knew that you surfed Father Dan, but I didn't, I mean, obviously there was a bond that was formed when, when we realized the mutual depth of our uh, devotion to the ocean. And uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think it just started with a, a group text between Father Dan, Matt, and me about, hey, you you guys should talk. I think I said, and like, we need to get this girl aboard or something like yeah, that. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get this girl aboard. And uh, and now you so generously let me uh, take, which actually, fun story about the that, the, that board. Um, I was out in the lineup a ton with it last summer, I think. And some of the locals, they, they didn't know who I was, but they just recognized me from the board. So they'd call me Rosie because it has the roses on it. So they'd be like, hey, Rosie, you're out here again. And I was like, yes, it's me. And I loved it because I was like, you guys don't even know what these roses mean. <laughs> yep. And I, I rode that board quite a bit until, uh, well, when you got reassigned, it was like someone needs to be riding this board. Yeah. Or so let's see. I think I've ridden it once <laughs> that day that you, me, and Brother Dismiss were out there. Was that the day the board builder brought it up for us? Yeah. yeah okay. He brought it up from North okay. Carolina. You need to ride that board more okay. because that day was that day was like two foot slop and yeah. messy and it was just bad. It was bad. So we got to get you out there on that board again. Yeah, well, it's tough living up in the mountains to get out to the breaks at dawn, you know. <laughs> well, dawn patrol. <laughs> Let's get up early. <laughs> All right, Ben, you're up. Um, so I've been hearing about motherboards for years, Matt, through you. Um, the yeah, I first heard about the project. <clears throat> I don't know how long ago did you jump on? Did you jump on the project? um i think three years ago now yeah um and then i remember seeing you know some of the actual real boards um but as lisa would you know agree or came up with there's a need uh for that kind of artwork on boards um you know jumping back to the skateboarding part of it almost every skateboard out there is a seven or nine ply maple or baltic birch they're all they're all the same so what sets them apart they're connected to possibly some pro who's hawking them helping them with their sales or they have really neat artwork that the kids want that the adults want um so i don't know from the beginning i thought it was a pretty neat project i like i'd like to know how many pressure dings it had by the time you got that one board every but it seems like um, motherboards is interested in putting together not just um, unique and say 
Christian and Catholic artwork on boards, but really build them out of the best materials. Uh, there's probably a whole lot more uh, uh, diversity in materials in the surfboard world right now than in the skateboard world. Um, so it seems like, I don't know, seems like a great project, a really neat project. Um, I've been, I don't know, man, I think as soon as I heard you got into it, I thought it was, I was pretty excited for you. And then I'm excited now to be also be a part of the project because um, I spend as really as much time in the water as I can. Yeah. And, and I love trying all kinds of different boards. Yeah. What was that board you tried uh, late summer, early fall? Not yeah, a lot of boards designed. It was a crazy uh, board. It was really interesting. It was in Austin. Austin's a long time, old time Virginia Beach uh, shaper. Um, I'd have to look up the specs, but it was maybe 23 and a half inches wide, under eight feet long, and really thick. I can't remember it, um, but it it was it was good for me to try. And sometimes you got to try some of those boards to decide what you don't want. Um, maybe the tail could have been brought in a little tighter earlier or something. That board uh, was just like a circle, though. Yeah, it was just a circle. <laughs> It was so fat. Yeah, I'm not a shaper. Um, I just, you know, I have bought boards in the past based just on the specs. I'll read length, width, thickness, and go, that board looks unique. I'm larger uh, in mass than the average surfer. Uh, and so I'm usually looking for a board with something different than maybe the majority of the boards that come off the rack in a surf shop. Um, and so, yeah, some, you know, when I, when I pay attention to things like that, just the specs and dimensions alone can get me excited about trying something new. So wrapping up the, the shape of board, the board design conversation, when you ride the same board for too long, you, you forget, you forget what other boards do, you know? So like right now we're, I'm staying with my best friends because we're out of the house. And last Sunday there was some swell and um, I wanted to surf and they're like, just take this board in the garage. And so I dusted off Steve's board. I dusted off an old four, three wetsuit that it wasn't very uh, well used. I mean, this thing was pretty, pretty good condition. He just hasn't gone out in the winter in a long time. Ben can, um, Ben can confirm that. So dusted off the four, three, grabbed this board and it was so fun to ride a different board, different shape. You know, it turned differently. The balance, everything was different about it, but it was so fun to, you know, do that. And then maybe go back to a more familiar board. I think it makes you a better surfer when you, you know, when you try different shapes and see what they do, it's just too easy to get stuck in a rut. That's I I have a seven foot foamy that I like to I just randomly pull it out like with no rhyme or reason and I'm like let me go play on the foamy because it just it feels especially on days where I'm like all right I'm gonna have to like work to get out out back I'm like let me just go like have fun with I mean and then you see like a guy like Ben, ben Gravy who's like exclusively on foamies but yeah. I'm like let me go play on a foamy and then I'm like okay that's right this is what this is what this feels. like like to turn on a on a just thick foam board yeah and if yeah. you can turn on that you can turn on anything right 
Yeah, I remember reading years ago, Jordy Smith's dad would make him go out and do sessions on larger boards than he was used to. You yeah. can turn that, you can turn something smaller. Yes. Hey, so all right, so last last Thursday in my men's group, we were talking about um, the difference between Sandbridge and the North End, and guys were kind of like going back and forth. Um, I don't know how it came up. We're sitting around Kevin Green's roaring fire, having good, healthy man conversation before evening prayer. And then one of the guys said, Matt, you know, they know I surf. They said, what's your favorite beach in the world? And immediately my gut reaction is Hatteras Island. Um, and they're like, the guys are like dumbfounded. They're, they, like they're speechless. They're, they thought it would be somewhere else in the world, like somewhere, I don't know, abroad, tropical, whatever. Um, and as I was thinking about it, I was thinking it's hard to separate sometimes what's your favorite beach in the world versus what's the best place you've ever surfed because the surfers, we kind of tie the two in together sometimes. But when I think about all the sentimental value of Hatteras Island, you know, like 35 years worth of memories and vacations and all the good times with friends surfing there. And, you know, the feeling of being away, um, favorite beach in the world. I mean, there's some beautiful ones, but like, that's where I want to be. You know, there's something that draws me down there. Um, so before your, I'm going to hit you with a curveball before your favorite place you've ever surfed. What's your favorite beach in the world? Not it. Time to think. Ah, I feel like. I'm so late to the beach, like to the surf beach game because I didn't learn how to surf until I was 20 or 21. And then I didn't surf for like six years after that. So I feel like I had all these like childhood memories and like teen memories of like beaches with my families. If I had one, it's probably Roatan in Honduras, just because that was where my whole dad's side of the family would all meet. Because uh, his my dad's family lives in San Pedro Sula in Honduras, and so we would go over to the island, and like that was always I just remember from the first time I went when I was like five years old and saw my first seahorse and my first hermit crab and all of these things, and I was like, they exist in the wild, and you can see them. So for me, it's like I think that just because of of yeah that like the memories associated with it but there's not a ripple in the caribbean like you can't you can't even <laughs> you're not i mean i guess you could paddleboard and that would be nice but you're not i don't know it's not great for water sports <laughs> father dan have you been to Rotan, uh honduras i don't think so no. no i've been there before but it's a lame story it was a cruise so but, but yeah. did you did you get to snorkel at all or go into the reef? Um, we did like a jungle zip line, um, you know, with I don't know twelve other people, <laughs> and it's beautiful there. But yeah, um, that, that you you know, there's no waves because the houses are built In right the <laughs> right on the water, like half half in, on the land and like half in the water, right? Yeah. 
even with the tides, they're like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, that gives me a better idea than of uh, my answer, because I was like, I haven't surfed too many exotic places, but uh, favorite beach would just be any one of like the British Virgin Islands that I have visited. You know, like those are pristine, excellent. I would take tropics over anything, you know, if I'm just being lazy, but yeah, favorite beach, Virgin Islands. Yeah. It's a... Uh... Definitely a tough one as well. I mean, so without surfing in my life, I probably have zero traveling in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have never been to Australia and if I hadn't gone once, Matt and Matt and I have been twice, probably wouldn't have gone again. Um, we went know. there not for World Youth Day. We went to surf. And World Youth Day happened to be going on at the time. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more kind of the church sponsored. Um, I, boy, I feel like one of the prettiest beaches I've ever been to was the, um, there's a beach at, and this is not for surf, by the way, although I did surf it, it was very small, is uh, Bellows, the Bellows Airfield uh, Beach Park in Hawaii is unbelievable really really pretty um i i'm a fan of the superbank in australia and somehow i've only ever been there with offshore winds and then i mean i love our local break here you know um the place that you surf the most statistically the chances are going to go up that that you're going to end up end up getting really good waves some of the time if you're just there all the time. And so I think most of us probably feel some connection with our our local break. I mean, I have to agree with Matt. It's hard to beat Hatteras Island because you're likely looking at slightly better waves and guaranteed less crowd. Um, but probably, for instance, I mean, to jump back to Hawaii, my favorite break, I I could surf Waikiki on a longboard yep. all day. Yeah. All day, every day. It is, you know, it's just beautiful. And it's such a mellow wave a, a lot of the time. I understand it's not always that way. Um, but there's so many breaks out there at, at Waikiki. I mean, Waikiki is a very broad term for a whole lot of breaks. Um, you're going to find something really fun, really good in it. When people talk about Hawaii or Honolulu and Waikiki being too much concrete and overbuilt and it's not the real Hawaii, yet paddle offshore, get out there in the water. There's no concrete. There's sea turtles, fish swimming around, crystal clear, you know, beautiful water. Um, and looking back at land, there's a whole lot of green once you're out there. So, yeah. Yeah. I've always said that about Waikiki. It's, when you're in the city and on the beach, it's a mess. There's too many people. Yeah. There's too much going on. And it doesn't look like the postcards. But once you get in the water and you get in this, it's like another world. Once you get in the water and you paddle 100 yards offshore, then you're looking back at all the beauty. And it doesn't yeah. feel loud and dirty and crowded. It's like 
this is where I should be right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, Sorry, my answer covered a lot of different places, but there's definitely beaches I've been to that I'm not interested in going back to as well. <laughs> I want to know that answer. Yeah, I know. For your no, worst gonna, beach I'm, experience. I'm not going to go dirty. I'm not going to go dirty. <laughs> these places <laughs> like what it like the crowd is the water bad like uh oh maybe it's the beach crowd i don't know yeah, i mean yeah no normally it's just normally i can kind of see past the crowd figure out if there's you know there's gonna be a good good spot or not but yeah without surfing i, I don't think i leave <laughs> i don't think i do much excuse me much traveling in my life because so much of my traveling has been uh surf travel related yeah i was telling gabri recently all of my photography all any photography that's worth anything that's good is a product of travel and that travel is always where the land meets the water and um i'm a sucker for that <laughs> that photo always you know yeah. there's something uh you know like creation is the first evangelist isn't that right father dan sounds good and <laughs> you know like if if yeah i mean saint paul says it saint paul says it in romans um you know the in the things that god has created his eternal power his his the attributes of god and his eternal power and divinity can be seen and perceived and understood in what he has made and paul tells the romans you have no excuse like look around you look at this and um yeah the ocean is is nature's largest creation so i think i think there's a much deeper reason why we're all drawn to that that uh, uh, whatever you're describing from Romans, I think it is also like wisdom chapter 13 or something like that, where it's basically like, how can you look at creation and not see God in it? Like, yeah. it's so beautiful, but also we're like, it's not completely held against you if you look at creation and, and miss the creator because it's so beautiful. But how do you fully engulf yourself in creation and stop looking for the source of it? So it's just, it's, you can't help but i mean yeah get swallowed up by the beauty of creation i think yeah. all of us have Go ahead. Go ahead. kind of the experience where um i mean we always say like we're drawn to it and there's the scripture that says uh fear of the lord is the first stage of wisdom but what we understand by fear is not i'm so afraid it's that feeling you get when you stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon and your breath is taken away by the vast thing that your brain cannot comprehend, which is right in front of you. And when you think about how much of the ocean, like we as surfers use, right? Like we're using the tiniest little bit and we are finding so much joy in just the extreme periphery of the most undiscovered, vast, deep thing that our brain cannot even comprehend, even though we're in it. And there's something about that, I think, that speaks to your heart, which is based in natural law. 
And so when you are experiencing the creation, you're experiencing the creator and you're, you're, you can't describe it because your breath is taken away and you're in awe, but you know that that is where the terminus is, is in God. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is where I think surfing can, can connect to even more like Father Dan talking about being in it or Gabri talking about being swallowed up by it. When you're in the water during sunrise and the water is the same color gold as the sky, you're in the painting. Mm. You're in it. You feel it, the, the motion of it. And it can be, um, it, it, you know, they're sitting on shore, taking a picture of it, and, and, and being in awe. And then there's being kind of in it in that way that our bodies interact with water all the time from you know showers to pools to you know to, to that the, that normal i mean i don't want to say you know you're drinking the ocean water but you're you're fully you're fully immersed in it and it it's i mean it sounds like a pun but you're deeper somehow in that experience of the nature um, so yeah, it'd be what both you guys said and kind of even more. Well, your, your description of the, uh, morning made me think of the lyric from, I don't remember what that uh, may Jesus Christ be praised when morning fills the sky, our hearts awakened cry, may Jesus Christ be praised, right? Like it's, it's exactly what you just said. And there's already yeah. a song that perfectly tries to exemplify that for non-surfers. Right. Like that's the, I think of Pliny the Younger writing about early Christianity and they would go look to the East to start their, their worship. And I'm sure they were putting it, putting it all by the sunrise. And so I wake up in the morning, head to the East, <laughs> but with a boy, hop in the water and boy, if if the sunrise can't take your breath away and sure sometimes there isn't really one it's just kind of gray but man when it's a 10 out of 10 you're there um it puts your day in the right spot puts yeah. your heart of gratitude puts you in, in a sense of awe thankfulness all, all of that i don't know if this is a tangent but ben where do you surf dawn patrols do you have a favorite spot for dawn patrol? Oh, yeah. so yes um so I'll make exceptions for my brother or some friends who are trying to go somewhere else. Uh, but I go to First Street, though that's kind of my kind of my community, um, kind of my my crew. Uh, the wave is going to be better than the far majority of the time, more often. Um, and then. If you're not really supposed to surf by yourself anyway for safety reasons, uh, you, I'm, I'm going to have friends there every time. I was, I was telling Matt about that, actually, because I was saying how I get nervous surfing in Sandbridge sometimes because I'll be out there like nobody's on the beach, nobody's in the water. And, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, like my friends will be like, oh, we know you're going out. But I'm like, they don't know which street I went down. They don't know which break I'm on. And man like there's something about like the comfort of the border even of the jetty at first street where you're like i can't be swept i mean i'm in between a jetty and a pier you know i can only get swept so far before 
Someone's going to see me on the cams at least and be like, call for help. There's somebody drowning. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess there's some of that. Um, Oftentimes there's um, some local knowledge there. If you're talking beforehand, oh, the sets are separated or, you know, this and that. Um, there's There's a group of guys, I'm proud to call myself one of them, who surf really not Dawn Patrol, but, but pre-first light. Um, and so there isn't a crowd when it's when it's really just a glow. When, when it's horizon. pitch dark outside, there's no crowd. Yeah, when it's dark, there's no crowd. But I tell you, you I need the have... moon to navigate the wave. That's where. where <laughs> hey, but moonlit okay. surfs are are pretty cool. There, I usually. Um, yeah. Well, let me throw in one other thing. So before the before the, the change for daylight savings came. Um, it was, you know, it was really, really dark to surf before work, but with no, with, with, you have, if, with a clear sky, no moon and you paddle far enough out, I saw more stars than I've seen in any place in 10 years. And then the sun came up. So yeah, the, the moon's good too. Moon helps. But yeah, I mean, I, I surf sometimes what sometimes people would call the dark. The sun is not visible right. on any horizon. Everyone who can perceive light would call it the dark. <laughs> yeah, but you know, first there's a first there's a glow. First there's kind of you know civilian. Yeah, you have the different civilian. layers of you know yeah. dawn dawn yeah. patrol. What is dawn patrol? It's two hours prior to sun. And for someone like me, I'm probably always missing you, Ben, because I'm like. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going by the time second ship shows up. Yeah, Gabri, I always miss. Well, I see Ben yeah. when we cross. He's, yeah, he's leaving. I've he's, already changed. I'm yeah, leaving. Him and the buddies, they're the old guys are chatting it up. You know, all talking about their waves, and I'm arriving. And um, he's getting he's getting on with his day. So, yeah. I used to wonder. I used to show up at the beach at six thirty. Thought it was early. And I see these guys getting out of the water. I'm like, who are these guys now? I'm I'm one of them. It makes me think of like Point Break, like oh, who is the, you know, like the the real surfers? They're over there before. Yeah. <laughs> I had to tell yeah. one of my friends. She was she's uh getting into surfing, and so I'm like, anytime she's in town, like let's go. And she was talking to me. She's like, well, there aren't waves during the day, right? You have to only go in the morning at sunrise. And I was like, who told you that? Like, I'm, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. Like, she's like, no, I did. There's waves the rest of the day. I'm like, yes, we can go the middle of the afternoon if we want to in the sunshine, get a tan. Don't Ben, but don't you surf? Do you surf better in the afternoon than the morning or no, or no difference? No, you can definitely surf better when you can see. I mean, I'll throw that out there. <laughs> no, I'm- no, I'm talking about when your body is alive and moving and working. Yeah. You don't care, do you? No, I um. So the reason, right? The the reason to surf in the morning is that every just most of the time, ninety seven percent of the time, the wind will eventually switch on shore. When that happens depends on local weather patterns. But if you want or, offshore winds, your best chance is to be there early. The earlier, the better. There you have it. And then in the summer, you can be in the water before 5 a.m. and there's light. So 
So you said you can be, Gabby. You don't have to be. You can tell I'm like trying you to work my way up to like, let me wake up at 5 a.m. during the work week. Like, that's a big yeah. stretch for me no, to no. be. If, if you wake up at 5, it's too late. You gotta wake up at... <laughs> then you won't get there till, till 6.45. Yeah. But then I make friends. I'm new to the area. I'm trying to meet people. <laughs> Give me more crowds. Yeah. Um... I mean, I will say this. I think I spent a lot of time in, you know, in my 20s trying to convince my friends to come surfing more, come out to this first street or 10th street or the, wherever we were going to go. And it's a lot less work just to go become the friends of the people that are already doing it anyway. Yeah. It's true. True. There's a, there's a good break right down from first street. I'm not going to say where, but. Um, I think the guys at I think the guys at the Rocks call it Joyce Land down there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a pretty good spot right. too. If you wanna, if you want, if you still want the comfort of that border, which I've never heard someone say, but I agree with. There's some comfort in the border of the Rocks there, and then you're just moving north, right? And I don't know. I mean, you've been in places where there's so much water moving. It just feels wild. You know what I mean? There's no, there's like nothing to anchor you. I remember once surfing Hurricane Bill in Nags Head and me and my buddy, he was new to surfing. It felt like we were a couple miles from the Nags Head Pier at mile post 11. And there was so much water moving. The next thing I know, we were getting really close to the, to the pier like way too close. And I knew this guy didn't have the, you know, experience. So I tell him like, Hey, John, we've got to get in. Like, let's paddle hard. We've got to get to shore. And at that point it was too late. There was, we were getting swept into the pier. A set came and the set hit us right on the head as we're getting swept through. I praise God that he made it through the pier cleanly because I was like scared for his life. I got wrapped up in the pier and oh, I yeah. thought I was going to die. My board went around one side of a, of a piling. I went around the other and I'm getting just like flush with white water. Like I can't, it's too much. And I'm just trying to take the leash off. I'm trying to pull, pull on the leash. Um, I mean, I'm underwater, you know, and then next thing I know, somehow, I mean, this was the Holy spirit or, I don't know what the board comes whipping around the piling and I go like ping ponging through the pier and get shredded by the barnacles. Yeah. Cut up. I got destroyed and I was, it's like, man, like the power of the ocean is crazy. Like crazy. I was helpless in that situation and I swore off surfing that day. And it lasted for about two weeks. And I was, I was going to say, how many times have, have any of us like been like, nope, that was it. That was the yeah. time. And then like 12 minutes later. Yeah. Okay, Ben, we get it. You also wake up before <laughs> like a reasonable hour. So. We've discovered tonight that Ben is like the Jacko Willink of surfing. He's just like, I'm going to be there no matter what. I don't care. No, no. Hey, when there's, when there's, no waves, when there's no waves, I sleep. Jacko never sleeps. And he likes surfing, I think, in the afternoon, which seems strange to me. He's busy being productive in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. 
he's, yeah, he's busy sending pictures of people of his watch. <laughs> well, we're going to have to hear more stories um, about Moonlight Surfing, Ireland, um, best place you've ever surfed. I've got strong uh, theological basis for exiting the door of a reconciliation room feeling very similar to exiting the back door of a barrel. And I've got a real strong case, Father. So we're going to have to talk about that on the next episode. Like and subscribe. Until next time, we'll see you on the next Motherboards Surfcast. We hope you enjoyed this Surfcast edition of the Motherboards podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow in whatever platform you enjoy listening to your podcasts. And we'd love to hear your feedback, questions, comments. Until next time, we'll see you in the water.